You know, for a long time, I meant to try Pete's coffee, but just never gave it a chance. But ever since I did, I have a hard time settling on anything less. And there's something to say about a coffee company with such rich history and devotion to bring you that perfect brew. Since Alfred Pete opened his first coffee bar in 1966, Pete's has selectively sourced the finest beans in the world, carefully calibrating each roast by hand and crafting each beverage with the utmost care. Pete's aims to produce fresh from the roaster's coffee delivered directly to your door, sourcing the top 1% of coffee beans, roasted by hand to unlock each bean's potential, and delivering it to you fresh to bring you the perfect cup. With over 30 flavor varieties in both gourmet coffees and teas, like Vietnam Lotus Bold, Major Dickinson's Blend, and Arabian Mocha Java, you are sure to find the right flavor to start your day. And they even come in K-Cups for those of you who live life on the go. Check out all the varieties of Pete's has to offer by following the link in the show notes below. And starting August 30th, you can take advantage of their Labor Day sale and get yourself 20% off anything on their site by using promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout. This offer is valid through September 5th. That's promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase this Labor Day. But why not do one better? Use promo code NEWSUB30 at checkout and you get yourself 30% off of a new subscription to Pete's Coffee. That's right. All the delicious coffee you could want delivered right to your door each and every month without you ever having to worry about running low. What more could you ever need? That's promo code NEWSUB30 for 30% off your subscription. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. I'm Leah Diana, today with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro. We will be winding back the reel to 1984. At Adams College, a group of bullied outcasts and misfits resolve to fight back for their place and self-respect in Revenge of the Nerds. Let's get into it. Star Wars, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sound of Music. In the tradition of these great films about fighting back against the odds, 20th Century Fox presents another milestone in motion picture history. Revenge of the Nerds. Nerds! Nerds. Nerds! What is a nerd? <laughs> They've been laughed at. Picked on. Yeah! There's a roommate, pal! 
and put down. I'm not kissing a nerd. They don't have the moves oh. or the muscle. You know karate? I know. Good. But they've got the brains. I know what we're going to do. It's time for the odd <laughs> to get even. Their action tonight demands an immediate retaliation. How many cameras do we have left? This should do it. Oh, here oh. she comes. Go up, go up. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. as good as you revenge of the nerds their time has come i drink to that what part of this 1984 quotations classic college movie would pass today not a whole hell of a lot there is not one major scene that would even fly today considering there in recent years there's been a massive like cultural shift inclusion and uh people fighting against like stereotyping and clicks like oh, what's the word i know what you mean like separation yeah would segregation uh, even be segregation, a better word it is so social segregation social segregation would be, probably be the proper term because you say just if you just say segregation people mostly think of like the civil rights movement. like the civil rights yeah, yeah. so Social segregation would probably be the best way to put it. So, like, nowadays, everything is formulated and, like, it's it's all geared towards including everyone or trying to include everyone. Yeah. Or many things are. There are still, obviously, problems with it and, you know, sex of people that are fighting against it. Mm. Why? I don't know. Uh. I just have to say that as of right now, this movie is almost 40 years old. Yes. And this movie being like 18 or like almost 38, 40 years old, um, you see one hell of a cultural difference to 40 years ago. Yeah. Because growing up in high school, I was a nerd. I still am a nerd. But I feel like now with the way culture is, if you're not a nerd, you're fucking nothing. Yeah, I mean, it like being a nerd at, at one point in time was well, it was awful. Its own class of person, but mm. now like all the things that made nerds nerds are like what everyone loves now. Yeah, like comic books and fucking Apple computers, com- just computer, computers in general. Like computer knowledge and use is integrated into everything now. And the funny thing is that like nerds back then knew that was coming they knew that that was gonna happen but everybody fucking made fun of them for it because it wasn't the norm and that's always been the problem yeah when things aren't the norm people treat other people badly for having anything to do with it and now it's almost like it's all it's almost like say you're a jock and that's all you're known as being a jock and a a meathead is almost a bad thing now yeah, I. To be fair, there is still a massive part, like portion of society that that are like gym rats. Like they, they, they're yeah. all about. But like, they have nerd characteristics and nerd qualities. They do. Most there are of them so do. many yeah. people I know that really enjoy working out, really enjoy being fit, but also they're Marvel nerds, they're comic nerds, they're video nerds. I can. Cite a prime example. I won't throw out names because I don't. I don't like to just talk about people without their knowledge. Mm-hmm. But you'll know who I'm talking about. I have a friend. Mm-hmm. 
went to school with yeah, them yep. for a very long time. They are a video game nerd. They they like they're a live streamer. They do all this stuff, but they're also heavily into the like bodybuilding and like fitness fitness world. Yeah, and it's like that. Those two things never would have clashed at the time this movie was no. made. It's, you, you were either into computers or you were a jock. Yeah. Even being somebody who was smart in school, that did well, that liked other things, you were a nerd. If you were not a jock or a cheerleader, you were a loser. It's funny. Like, we've mentioned this before, but I don't know. I, I'm, I count myself lucky in the sense that I grew up during the time when everything I had seen... In my childhood, because I watched a lot of movies, we know this. Hmm. Everything I'd seen, I thought I knew how the world was supposed to be. So it's like you had the different sects, the different, uh, what do you call them? The cliques. Cliques in school. So you had the, the, the jocks, the outsiders, the uh, nerds, the fucking whatever else, theater kids, mm-hmm. all, all this different stuff. But by the time I got to like high school... That had all gone away. It had all blended. Yeah. I mean, there were still people that were like more popular than other people, but everybody's like likes and dislikes all started to merge by that point. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree. When I was in, because I'm four years older than you, so I'm a whole high school experience difference for you and yeah. me. And when I was in like elementary and middle school, I was the loser. I was an outcast. But as I went to high school, I got picked on like freshman year. Well, freshmen do. But by the time it was junior and senior year, you knew who the popular people were. You knew who the all the different cliques, but you were all had one goal in mind. To fucking graduate, get into college. Like, that was the main goal. Like, I did not enjoy my time living in another town that I did growing up. I got picked on. Like, I was moved out because the basically, when you're being picked on in school, it's abuse. That abuse got so bad, it fucked me up. I had to be moved to a different town. Granted, it, it took a while to get used to it, but... It had kind of, it was still there, but by my senior year, it faded away. And it started fading more and more. And by a decade later, my sister was in school a decade after me. And I'd be like, oh, what part of, what group are you in? She's like, there's not really any groups. You're just, you have your friends. That's it. Like she said, it was totally different from the experience that even you and I had. She graduated in 2013. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like, I kind of agree with you in that sense like elementary school and stuff was rough hmm. like i didn't the friends that i had weren't really friends like the, there was a lot of picking on and mm-hmm. stuff like that so by the time i got to high school i think i accepted even though there weren't really divide as much many divides as you kept a divide like in your depict. mind yeah like you were conditioned that they're pro- that you were divided. Uh, I, yes. That's how I felt about it. So like, I had accepted that I was an outsider. So therefore, I made myself one in a lot of ways. I just kind of did my own thing. Mm. I never tried to be friends with the people that I felt were. Oh, these people have a lot of friends. I can't be friends with them because I'm not involved with that. But it was also kind of weird because some of the people that. Like, I hung around, they'd be in, like, the music programs. Music programs that were flooded with the popular kids. In this state, if you were in band, 
um, jazz ensemble, uh, chorus, you were king. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. Like this state, back when we were in high school, we were known for championship football team, uh, a great cheerleading team. But the pride back then was when I was in high school, our chorus and our um, jazz ensemble band got into the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. Either in my junior or senior year. I don't remember. But, and I don't remember the details, forgive me. I was not in those. I, I, I gave up. Going to my previous schools made me hate being a band person because I got picked on so bad for it. So I gave up. I wanted to be a clarinetist, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't go very far. But, you know, they were, they were the, the popular ones. Yeah, there were jocks, but they were the jocks. And all the popular people were in, excuse me, were in theater, theater and drama, jazz, chorus, band. That's where they were. But I have to say, as the 90s ended and the 2000s came to be, a lot of movies, and I'll cite the movie Jawbreaker, a lot of movies started villainizing the popular people, mean girls. And it made it that if you were on top, you were a fucking piranha and you ate everyone in your way and you were horrible. So you, they started pushing the outcasts, the faculty. The outcasts were the ones that made the decisions and were the good people. You know, the faculty is a prime fucking example of of that what you're talking about. Yep. That That's a movie, and yes, we're getting a little off topic here, but... But they're all in the same streamline yeah, for what we're talking about. That's a movie where you, they took class of kid in high school that nobody gave any thought to, nobody ever bothered with mm. and they made them the only people that could help yep the only people that could save the day so everybody so was so wrapped up in the machine that was the clicks the school the everything that the outcasts who didn't want to deal with it became the ones that fucking saved everything yeah like you would think about all of these type of like greece greece is a great example of this too yeah like, all, it was only the popular people. It was the greasers and the pink ladies. Like, that's what it was. You didn't care about the little people. You stepped on the little people. That's what you do. Right. But Jawbreaker comes to mind where it's the opposite, where, you know, the popular girl, one of the, po- one of the popular girls kills another one. And you're trying to figure out, you as the audience know what happened, but you're watching everybody's lives fall apart because this one girl fucked over everybody and now the outcasts were the ones that became like on top and i just think this type of movie where it is this is 1984 it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those kind of crazy ass fucking movies it really is and you don't sit down and watch revenge of the nerds for political and pc purposes no like this is made during a time where it was still okay to draw humor from Racial, racial, and gender, and, and sexual orientation. And let me tell you, this movie, if you are someone who does not enjoy any kind of like racial or sexual orientation or gender jokes, like they're not, and I know a lot of people don't because it's not necessarily good anymore. No. I was offended by the gay jokes. Yeah. And years ago, I thought they were funny. I didn't, I didn't, honestly, I did not laugh at the jokes that I used to laugh. I didn't even think that they were really that many. Like, there was the one character, really. And they didn't even do too much with that. But it was still really like, wow. Yeah. It was the way he dressed, the way he walked, the way he talked. 
everything whole... was heightened. Yeah. But it was for everyone. It was, yes. Like, the nerd stuff was insanely over-the-top nerd stuff. Even the point where one of them went, mm, 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 for laughing. Laugh. Oh, my Jesus. God. Um, I think it's funny that Anthony Edwards plays one of the main nerds. Yes. Um, and Anthony Edwards, they tried to ugly him down to make him not look like a good-looking guy. Robert Carradine, I think it's Carradine. Carradine? Yeah, Carradine. Carradine. Is he related to... I actually don't know for sure. I never looked into it, but I kind of just assumed. I think you should look into that one. So, Anthony Edwards, as people might know, he was Dr. Green on ER. And ER had a long stint, very popular in the late 90s. Everybody loved ER. I even watched ER. Um, No offense, ER is better than Grey's Anatomy. Fight me. So, to answer your question, Robert Carradine is the... Son of John Carradine, younger half-brother of David Carradine. Damn. Nice. Wow. Ah, uh, the Carradine continues. So before we get into the details, today we watched the 1984 American comedy film directed by Jeff Canu, Revenge of the Nerds. Stars Robert Carradine, Anthony Edwards, Ted McGinley... And Bernie Casey. So let's see. Looks like the budget was between six and eight million dollars, and this says in parentheses, including rentals, came to sixty point four million dollars. That is a commercial success. Oh yeah. I think maybe at the end of this, there's a monologue they do that everybody has been made fun of and called a nerd at one point in their life, and you see all the people come down. Yeah. Now. I would love to see how many people would walk down and admit they're a nerd. Every single fucking person. Now it's like, if you, oh, well, I'm, an, I'm a nerd. I, I play a game. Now, like, even if you're playing, like, say, Call of Duty, they call you a nerd because you're playing a video game. Yeah. Like, Although not really. No, but by the standards of this, if you played video games, if you read a lot of books for fun, if you were smart, like, so everybody that you're making fun of now is... Apple people, you know, people that play any kind of video game, whether it's a console, PC, handheld, mobile game. Just holding one of these in your pockets, a smartphone, is a huge nerd thing. If you enjoy Marvel movies. Uh, They're based (laughs) off of comics. You're a nerd. Oh, I think I'm going to go and watch that, that new horror movie that came out. Newsflash, that was probably made by a nerd. Who back when he was in the 90s and 80s and 70s was picked on for the things he loved. And now you're watching his creation come to life. You're a nerd by association. I'm a nerd. You're 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 not the biggest nerd I know. I am. I know bigger. I'm a film nerd above yes. all else. But there, I love nerdy shit. I play video games. I love comic books. I fucking. Can you build a computer? I can. I it's not something I enjoy, but I can do it. I can build a computer. Do you enjoy reading up on, like, things that you would have read in, in school? History stuff and... No, and I'm, not, I'm not, like, a history or... But if somebody put, like, a huge book down in front of you, like, history of films or history of filmmakings or history of directors, would you read that for fun? Maybe. See? Over time. That's a nerd thing. Yeah. I collect I collect foreign music. I collect foreign mu- saying it like that, that is a nerd thing to do. I collect horror books. That's a nerd thing to do. 
you know? Yeah. It's just, it's so funny that this movie, while 40 years old and wildly inappropriate at times for oh, yes. the culture that we are now, back then, probably was the humor that people needed to be pointed at. Like, okay, the nerds are the good ones. The nerds are the popular ones. Because probably for years, this shit that they that the jocks and the cheerleaders did was normal. And this is also, like, it's somewhat worth mentioning that this is kind of the it became the template of what teen comedies would be for a while yeah because i think this and animal house came out around the same time yeah and like this basic format has been done and redone 150 million times uh one of the most recent that i can cite would be accepted uh, it stars Justin Long and a bunch of other fucking people. Mm. But that, I mean, that one's about basically the same premise. It's about a kid who can't get into college. So he makes up, a, he like invents a college, rents a building so that him and his friends can pretend that they got into college. And then like the actual college in that area like that is run like the jocks and the fucking uh, soror- uh sororities. The, yeah, f- what do you call them? Fraternities. fraternities. Yeah. Uh, are the guys that are kind of the heads there. So they, them and the Dean try to get them shut down. But like, that's the, the plot. It, it, yes. So it's, so it's all of the nerds and outcasts band together to like make, like basically invent their own school. Mm. And then the jocks, the popular people, and all the all the elite students are trying to shut them down for it. It's the same basic idea. Yeah, same premise. I uh, mean, it's actually this on a slightly larger scale. I even feel like um, can't hardly wait has notes of this. Yeah, in like a very like general broad sense. In terms of like the the formula, the divide, yeah, I'll give you that. But I can't hardly wait is more like rom-com style of it's also all isolated to one night so it's, it's a very different setting you well know what it I mean? takes uh it turns the jocks and the popular people into the villains yeah like and in that broad sense i think because nerds are the ones writing these fucking stories yeah they have a lot of fun doing that because for so long they couldn't get the upper hand on people like this. And, you know, I also think that people back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s making movies were all nerds. Yeah. So they're going to have more of an extreme portrait of what nerd and jock culture was like this movie. Have you seen ever seen what Steven Spielberg looked like when he started? No. He was the nerdiest of nerds. Oh, man. Come to me, Steven. And now there's not a person on the fucking planet that doesn't know his name. He's one of the most powerful filmmakers there has ever been. <laughs> like he looks pretty normal to me. I mean now. Well oh, now, wow, yeah. that's a that is a very nerdy photo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I think he looks cool, dude. I love the fact that he's got the shaggy hair and the double jean jackets. But yeah, he looks like an absolute tool. Young Steven. Young Steven Spielberg. It's funny because this movie, like, there's. It features so many early performances from actors who would go on to be 
pretty huge decent. Huge stars. Yeah. Like, that would appear in so many different things. And uh, it's weird because you look at them and you're like, oh my god, I forgot this is where you got your start. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, we watched Jennifer Aniston's first movie and... <laughs> Ooh, boy. Sorry you had to do that, Jen. <laughs> like, but that was the start of her acting career. All right. So before we get to the full rundown of this, let me find the screenshot for the back of the box. Because we do own this film. We do. We have the VHS. We don't know where in this goddamn house it is. But yeah. it's on Hulu. <laughs> so we could watch it. We have so, <clears throat> so many films. And- oh, so little space. And I promised Sean that we'd go thrifting this month. But I told him, like, the one shelf that doesn't have room, that's all he can get. <laughs> Back of the box. It's a Fox video one that I selected. Because I don't know what mine is. Nerds of the World Unite. Color, 1984. When Robert Carradine and Anthony Edwards load their slide rulers into pop station wagon and cruise off to college they're on their way to becoming the biggest nerds on campus they're on their way to becoming the biggest nerds on campus and you're on the laugh track to the funniest college movie ever trouble begins when a whole dorm full of nerds are booted out of their rooms by a hun-like horde of homeless jocks When the nerds try to form their own frat, the battle escalates into a full-scale war, waged with high-tech weapons only a nerd could dream of. Blonde hunk Ted McGinley and his female counterpart Julia Montgomery resist the rise of the nerds with their own bariatric, (laughs) with their own barbaric bag of beautiful people tricks. But the day has come for the revenge of the nerds and one of the most satisfying, surprising endings you'll ever see. You've ever seen. Rated R. We know why, because I've only seen the Comedy Central edited version, but there's a lot of titties in this movie. So many boobs. There's bush kids. There's full Full on on. bush. Full frontal nudity. Full for, I don't, okay. Straight serious question. When you got a bush like that, is it really nudity because you're hiding all the bits? Technically, yes. It's funny because, you know, with guys, if they have hair, you can still see their balls and their penis sticking out. But a lady, if you've got a thick enough bush, are you really showing the world anything? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's much safer to be bottomless than topless. Yeah, but these are the rules. Yeah, well, break the rules. Breaking the law, breaking the law, break. All right, on to the synopsis of this film. Uh, Two best friends, Lewis and Gilbert, enroll at Adam College to study study computer science. Um, First opening scene is the two of them joking around, being like, I'm nervous about college, I don't want to go. And then they play a joke and they're like, (laughs) I'm like, wow. The funniest joke you can come up with is, I don't want to go to college, I'm sad. Nerds. So... (laughs) Do you know where their laugh comes from? The classic nerd laugh. I feel like I should know it. I don't think you should. No? No. Where is the where does the laugh come from? So th- th- this is kind of comes in two parts here. Mm-hmm. So uh Robert Carradine has said that when he read the script, Lewis's laugh was described as a goose honk. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, he wasn't sure how to do it. 
So, uh, by the time the first like scenes were shot, where like his father's dropping Lewis and Gilbert off at college, James Cromwell did his laugh, and uh, Carradine just mimicked it. Now, James Cromwell said that he came up with that nerd laugh after... Now, James Cromwell has said that when he came up with the nerd laugh uh, and the others, like, mimicked it, he realized that uh, during, while he was driving to the studio on the first day, it was his ex-wife's laugh. Oh, boy! So, he did that during the scene that the others mimicked what he did. So his ex-wife's laugh is forever. Is forever the nerd laugh. We sorry there, ma'am, but uh, is iconic. That laugh is iconic. It's now. fucking perfect because it's him with the pocket protector, the pants way up high, the slicked hair, the buck teeth, and the laugh. He's got that belt thing. Oh God, what? the the belt, how the holster. What was that thing? It almost looks like a like a computer. Or something. Like, I don't know. It it's was a, just always there. It's a calculator. Is it a calculator? It's a graphing calculator. Oh, okay. That's awesome. You never had one of those? No. With a hip thing? No. Hey. I still failed math three times in high school. What a nerd. I, honestly, I got it because I was like, oh, I'm going into like geometry. I need one of these. I failed geometry three three times. Geometry? I, I do not do well with math. See, Geometry was the only one that I was actually good at. I it just that one came naturally to me. Nothing else did. I failed algebra one, geometry, and once I finally passed, there was shouldn't you do algebra two? And I went, can you look at my track record, please? Can and you tell me if I should do. <laughs> and then when I wanted to go to college, they were like, okay, you have to take maths. So they did the little test to see where you would be in the math thing because I went to the community college around here and um, I was told that I needed to go back to ninth grade high school teaching and I was like how does one do that and they're like well what you could do is study on your own and take like a problem solving class here but you need to up your skills so what I did was I bought ninth, 10th and 11th grade problem solving and algebra books from like Borders and Barnes and Noble and I still couldn't pass my own quizzes. I suck at math. My job is counting things, guys. I count things at my job. Tells you something about the world now, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to need any of this knowledge. I use PEMDAS every fucking day. Everybody remember what PEMDAS means? Parentheses, division, multiplication, subtraction, ad addition, subtraction. Nobody cares. Nerd! Anyways. <laughs> so, they get to... Lewis and Gilbert get to college. They get to the dorm room. Uh, there is a scene where they literally trample everybody with their fucking trunk. By the way, I want to make mention of the classic 80s theme song that kicks off this movie. I forgot it already. It was just singing about Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, that's right. But yep. <laughs> it was just one of those ones that was obviously created for this movie. And it's well, because it has uh, uh, Car uh, it has Carradine's laugh. Yeah. At one point he's like <laughs> you're like, whoa. I just came in and out of that scene so fast. 
Ah, uh, so they trample everybody with the giant their giant suitcase. Once they get to their dorm, they settle in. Everything's great. We cut to a frat party at the Alpha Beta's home where they're being belligerent drunk idiots. And one of them decides to do a fireball and light all the curtains in the books on fire in a home with alcohol and burn their house down. So the coach pretty much says to the fire department, oh, it was faulty electrical. Got it? You can really tell that the coach is the one that runs the school and nobody else. Like, the dean is just like... He's a pushover. Yeah. He's a nerd. He's a like nerd. Everybody, Yeah, like everybody else. Um, so the alpha betas, in the middle of the night, what seems like right away, right in the morning, storm into the freshman dorms and throw all the boys out of the dorms. Which, number one, is absolutely and unethically illegal. Oh, yeah. Like, you cannot just be a fraternity and storm into the dorms and kick people out. Like, you have, I don't know how many people they kicked out, that many lawsuits right there. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of absolute inconsistency, consistent, let me try that again. There's a lot of absolute inconsistency with the way things happen in this movie. Mm. Because, first of all, it's, I don't know the, the actual name of the college. It's like Adams something University, I think. Um, let's see. Adams College. That's all it's called. And their motto is, or their thing is, home of the ad- atom. Yeah. Which means it was at one point a like scientific and mathematic college. Because well, they say they have one yeah. of the best computer programs in the, in the country. So the thi- things that don't really make sense are like, if that has been your claim to fame, then technically your focus would be on sciences and technologies. Mm-hmm. If you were to have an athletic program as well, it would not be top priority. No. So you would not... Th- Oh, the jocks burn their their sorority house down, or sor- I keep saying sorority fraternity. fraternity house down. We're gonna prioritize where they live. No, that's not how that would work. Yeah, <laughs> like you would not kick out a bunch of other students because they fucked up. Yeah, they fucked up their sponsored home. You would need to wait in line and get dorms like everybody else. Yeah, <clears throat> let me tell you. I've known several people who have lived dorm life. It is not for everybody. Like, I know several people, my sister included, and I think my sis- you were there when my sister and I were talking a little bit about it. My sister hated dorm life so much. Her loom- roommate, who she liked, she got along with, would love to op- leave the door open and have people come in. When you've met my sister, she is a patient. No, I'm sorry. Patient is not the word. She is a quiet. She is a homebody. She doesn't like people. She's like me in that regard. Like, ew, why are you coming over? You never called that me. Regard? Regard. <laughs> She's... <laughs> Oh my god! Um, she's like me in that regard. Oh my god! <laughs> Anyways, my sister's just like me. You better text her before you come over, or else she'd be like, "Hey, come on in. Oh, uh, this is awkward. Get out." Like, regard. <laughs> is I all right? Um, but yeah, like I'm. I've known people who are like, college was amazing. I loved it. We drank all the time. We studied. It was great. And other people that are like, I want to die. Like this, I hate living in a dorm. I want to live at home. I want to live with people I know. I honestly do not think I'd do good in a dorm because I'd like my own space. Like, And if something like this happened to me, I'd be like, fuck y'all. I'm suing everybody. 
Like, no. Oh, so the boys get kicked. All the boys in the freshman dorm get kicked out. They live in the gymnasium temporarily. Um, and the dean tells all the boys, we can get you into fraternities. That might be the best way. You don't have to leave. You can stay here as long as you like because we put you out. So at least the dean is like, I'm a pushover. This is my fault. So you guys are no rush. So most of the guys pledge for fraternities and most of them get in except for a handful of nerds. At that point, there's kind of like a montage of them getting picked on with montages of them trying to find a place to live. But because nerds have such a reputation, even like adults are like, you're a nerd, go away. I'm not, no, you're not getting the room to rent. And the creepiest scene was the youngest little boy. This, this yeah, he, nine or ten year old comes to college because he's really smart and his parents leave him there essentially. He goes to a home and knocks on the door and says, hey, I'm here for the room for rent. And this big voluptuous woman rubs her hand sensually on his hand and goes, you can have the room. I'm like, ew, no. Ew, ew. Ew, that's a child. Ew, ew, that's gross. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. But it was a funny joke in the 80s. Like, ooh, you're coming on to a little boy? Oh, that's gross. Ha ha ha. Now it's like, she's going to jail. She's going to die in there. <laughs> like, that lady would have been arrested on the fucking spot. Yeah. Um, so at this point, um, I think it's Lewis was the one who found the for sale sign for the house goes in on the house and i mean this is a what kind of reminds me of the it house from the newer one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united Healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Movies? It's yep. dusty, decrepit, falling apart, like disrepair. The boys clean it up, fix it up, everything they need to. <laughs> And of course, the jocks get jealous. So after the nerds have fixed up the house, the quarterback, I'm sorry, uh, after they fix up the house, uh, the rest of the Alpha Betas and their star quarterback, Stan Gable, um, they decide to take matters in their own hands and throw a rock through their new window that says nerds get out. So the nerds try to go to the campus police say, hey, we need help. Campus police pretty much go, sorry, anything that has to do with the Great Council, we can't do. Um, no. Not how it works. Not how it works. Um, the Greek Council has everything to do with what's happening inside of the Greek fraternities. When it comes to vandalization, harm, all of that shit, the cops are involved. I've been at a fraternity house where shit went down once. Now, granted, I was there for five minutes. I was outside. 
I, well, I didn't have anything to do with it because I was a minor. I wasn't allowed to go in. But my friend had to run into the party to grab... I'm going to assume she was grabbing drugs from somebody. I have no idea. I didn't ever ask. But she ran in to grab something from some dude and came out. Granted, she was underage too, but, you know, she was like 17. I was like 15. Yeah. 17 is a little bit more forgiving in the early 2000s than 15 is. So, you know, I just stayed in the car and I tried not to get in any trouble. But, like... (sighs) There was, there was something that happened. She's like, we got to get out of here quick because we're underage. I'm like, all right. And we found out next day that somebody had either OD'd or was drugged. And the cops showed up. And a lot of people got arrested because they were underage drinking and drugs there. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But that's usually, you know, the cops are going to get involved with any kind of domestic or, like, social kind of dispute. Like, is that, would that be considered domestic? No, because domestic is living. I don't know. <laughs> destruction of property? That would be destruction of property. Um, so, after this, the nerds decide they want to become a fraternity. Uh, they were rejected from 29 fraternities before a local black fraternity, Lambda Lambda Lambda, or the Tri-Lambs, led by UN Jefferson, give them a 60-day trial. Um, so, at that point, Jefferson is invited to a party at the at uh, the trial trilam house and it's a typical like 80s comedy movie i'd like to throw in a fun fact fun fact so lambda 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 man after this film came out eventually ended up becoming the name of a real fraternity really yep it was founded at the university of connecticut in 2006 Damn. I think that's kind of cool. That is cool. They're just running out of Greek letters now, you know. Yeah. I, I think they're running out of fraternities. I think it's like not even really. Fraternity? I, okay, I might, I'm an old lady now, you know, in my late 30s. I'm going to be 40 soon. I don't hear anything about fraternities and sororities anymore. Like my my grandmother, my aunts, um, my aunt on my dad's side, she's a lot older than my dad, like by almost like 16, 18 years. I'm not sure right now. She was in a sorority where, you know, she went to college here and like a bunch of my mom's friends were and I think my dad's friends were. But I know two people in my life that went to, that were in sororities and one of them dropped out. I don't know. I don't think that they're as popular anymore and if they are still a thing I, I think they're they might be dying out because a lot of people just aren't into that type of shit anymore well, it's illegal to haze it's illegal to do a lot of the rush shit that you used to yeah like the whole point of that was i've seen like tons of movies i've heard tons of stories rushing or pledging for a fraternity or sorority is no fucking joke yeah. they put you through the ringer they want to make sure you're compatible with the people you're gonna live with because these people are gonna be your people for four fucking years or more depending on what you're doing for for you know graduation and shit right but I don't just don't think you need that type of social camaraderie because you can keep in touch with the people you know back home through a phone, a computer, anything. Yeah. So to me, college is more of nowadays a very focused on learning thing rather than you go to college to party. Guys, college can be upwards to 120000 150000 I know one person who tells me all the time how much he's in debt. He's in debt a lot. And he 
only went to school for a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Like, it's no joke. So nobody messes around when you go to college anymore. College isn't like, oh, I paid 30 grand. I'll be great. No, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, now if you're fucking around in college, it's like... You're wasting your own fucking money and yeah, time. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, at least go for the fucking piece of paper or get out. Yeah. You know? It, I half regret never going to college for the experiences in the early 2000s. Right. Now that I'm 38 and I'm like, uh, I want to go for a new career like eventually in my life, what do I want to do? Something that isn't a college thing because I don't have patience or time for college. But then again, I'm an old lady. I will just beat people with my cane if they get in my way. <laughs> get out of the old lady's way! Yeah. So... Uh, da, 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 da. So, the Omega Moo sorority... Um, oh, no. They were... There was a prank that the... I forget what the girls' fraternity for the Alpha Betas were. I don't remember. Like, they say it twice, maybe. If that. The, the girl... The sorority? The sorority, they yeah. They were the pies. The pies, yep. yep. So, Lambda 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 sets up this big party, and they... The pies find out about it and decide, let's trick them and show up in their, like, gowns with candles saying, we'll be your dates for the party. We'll make sure it's a success and you get into your fraternity. No problem. It's going to be great. Well, they're pulling no call, no show. And the Omega Moos, who Gilbert's girlfriend, Julia, uh, is a part of, she says, yeah, let me call my sorority sisters. I'll come over. And they're all a bunch of female nerds. Or what you would deem stereotypical as the outcast girls. Because girls really weren't nerds. They were outcast. They were losers. And I think the girls got more of a harsh treatment than the boys did sometimes. Yeah. Um, because the people that were coming out of it was, you know, people of different ethnicities, different cultures, different races. Um, very, very skinny, nerdy looking girls. Or very big, Over kind of scary girls. girls. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, that is what the world looks like more now than the sorority girls. Yeah. The blonde, the the skinny, the pretty, the popular. Nothing wrong with skinny blonde girls. Honestly, the moose is what life looks like more now. Yeah. You have more people of different cultures, ethnicities, sizes. Like, I wouldn't think twice. Somebody who is a skinny, tall, bitchy human being is somebody I go, yeah, you're not worth my time getting to know. Fuck you. I'd rather get to know the losers over there because they my people. <laughs> so the moves show up and it kind of is a dull party until Booger decides to provide them with high quality marijuana. Now, what's funny is I don't remember half of this scene. I don't think the marijuana was offered in the network television runs back in the day. Probably not. I remember they all were partying and having a good time. And there was beer in their hand, but I don't remember seeing any of the smoking, like the hitting the joints, the smoking the bong, shit like that. Right. Um, I didn't even know that Edward bagged another girl. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I really don't. I was like, wait a minute. he. So you're telling me this nerd has been at college maybe a month and he's already banged two girls by the end of this film. Yeah. Damn, play a gut game. <laughs> Nerdy game respects the nerdy game. It ends up being a really good party. Everybody kind of pairs off. Everybody's having a great time. Um, 
until Betty and Stan and all the popular people show up and release pigs into the party. I don't know about you, but if somebody released pigs at a party that I was at, I'd kneel on the floor and play with the, play with the pigs. How cute. How cute. The pigs. <laughs> Take care of the pigs. Loved it. Oh, let's see. And this says Jefferson was pretty upset with how the other fraternities treated them, but he was impressed by the way the nerds kind of held themselves, their tenacity, if you will. So he grants them full membership. They are full Lambda Lambdas. So there's more harassment that intensifies and the nerds realize that the only way to kind of combat is if they got on the council but the leaders of the council that vote everything are the alpha pies and the are no the alpha Alpha betas and the pies pies. which stinks because you can see um betty she's kind of she she's like i hate these nerds i hate these nerds but you can see she's kind of like are we doing too much like is it is it getting to be a little too much there's a little bit of hesitancy that creeps in Mm. so the only way that they're going to get onto the greek council is during homecoming Partnering with the Omega Moos and using their extensive knowledge, the Tri-Lambs compete strongly with the Alpha Petas and the Pi Delta Pies during the athletic events. There's a bunch of things that they have to do, but I think the most notable that I hate is the whole Lamar's whole sequence. Where they said, "How? who's going to do the javelin? Like, I don't understand. They're like, oh, Lamar's going to do it. He customized and made, he's an aerodynamic specialist, and he customized and made his own javelin so it would go with his limp wrist throw. Yeah. And you can see when he's running, the thing is just flopping. This javelin. I'm like, if you're an aerodynamic specialist, that's never going to work. <laughs> Even I know that's not going to work. The reason why the javelin can go so long and so far is it's a straight pointed thing. It, it matters how you throw and the positioning you throw in the wind. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the javelin, but whatever. So he throws it. And because of the javelin and his limp wrist, it goes farther than everybody. And he's like, I did it. I did it. Thanks. And I'm like, I hate his voice, too. I was so offended by Lamar or uh, what they did to that character. They did. It's over the top. But like I said, everything is in this movie. Like they t- they took the basic stereotype ideas and then they just they blew elevated up. like every step of the way. Do you want to talk about the one scene that made us absolutely shocked and I had to turn the I had to pause the movie for a moment oh god so during the party (laughs) Lewis decides oh the music is kind of boring let me crank it up let me let me see if he says let me put on maybe I'll try putting on something that they like better yeah and he's saying that to you and Jefferson and his partner standing there or about them so what comes on, knowing that UN Jefferson is from a black fraternity and so is his partner, I know Lewis wasn't thinking racism. He was more thinking, oh, they know this song. This will be great. So he puts on Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. I am a hit. I am a Civil War buff. I am a very big, like, I love the history of all that. I respect the material and the history, I do not condone racism or any of the bad no. stuff. I paused it and I was like, oh my fucking God. But 
to the movie's avail, Lamar quickly goes up to it, who is a black kid, turns it off and goes, nope. He turns it off, looks at him and goes, sorry about that. Like, it was, even the people who made the joke realized this is a very tasteless joke. Yeah. And we're making it. But that's why it's funny. It's funny because, one, they make the joke, but two, it's also the movie maker going, nah, we're not going for this one. See, and I think that's what makes it funny. It's not so much, like, because the moment the song starts. You're like, oh, sweet Jesus. your reaction is, oh God, it's shock. And yeah. then he, then Lamar going Just, over and taking it away, nope. that's where the laugh comes in. That's where it's, it's like, like, oh, he's oh, like, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's going, yeah, white boy not in charge of the music no more. And then it changed to like Michael Jackson or something or something yeah. pep, peppy or popish at that point, which I. I was like, I'm so offended about this. But then I thought more about it. I'm like, the director knew what he was doing in that scene. Yeah. Yes, it is very offensive and racist. But being stopped by somebody who's also the same race, being like, no, no, we're not having this. Like, okay, that makes more sense. That's where it's funny, where it's like, we're not going to make that joke. Right. We did go there, but we're not going to continue with this. It needs to end. I like the fact that the movie was smart enough to say these types of things need to stop. So let's stop the gay jokes, too, because that one was a little tasteless as well. But uh, maybe it's just the social climate we're in right now. Where I, I think a lot that of has that, a lot to do with it. Uh, LGBTQ, all of that is being absolutely under attack right now. And even though I am a white woman, I stand by all of them and I say give all these assholes hell (laughs) i know what's right and i know what's wrong but i'm also able to distance myself when it comes to this is made for comedy this is made for like they're not generally most of the time these things that offend people like that are in comedies or whatever they're just done for that sake only yeah they're written in as like this would probably be funny. And it is, but then people take offense to them. So it's like, I personally never take offense to anything. I, like, I get yeah. why things are controversial, but at the same time, you have to take it for what it is. You can't yeah. read too much into it. If you're offended by a joke and you are that upset, you need to look inside and it, and evaluate why that joke offended you. If you're like, oh, that joke about that that stereotype or that that that's offensive to me, but you have no part of that culture, why were you offended? Yeah. Like there's this whole big thing about a lot of these PC culture people going after comedians for things they said way in the past. I think Roseanne Barr is the best. That's a fucking great example. Huge example where yes, Roseanne said, or Kathy Griffin too is a good example. Did they say things for comedy sake years ago? Absolutely. Should they have said it? Well, they said it for comedy sake at that point. Nobody knew it was offensive then. How did we know 20, 30, 40 years later, people would ca- would, would absolutely, you know, put you on a chopping block and evaluate you for everything you said in your life? People change. Like, it, it could take a few years. It could take decades. But people change. I mean, 
I will not say what jokes I find offensive now that I, what comedians I loved that I find offensive now. I won't because back in the day, I really did like those comedians. I have no problem with those comedians. Well, it's uh, another example would be uh, Hartley Sawyer. Uh, he played the elongated man on The Flash. Yeah. Uh, he got fired from the show because he made fucking, I think it was like tweets that were offensive to somebody at some point in his life. Yeah. And it's like, so you ruin the man's life, take away his whole career because he's a comedian. That's why you did it. When there are like, bigger, bigger problems out there. And and it has to do with cancel culture, which lately I feel like cancel culture is easing up a little bit. Mm, only because some degree. Only because we're going after, you know, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Like, that's what people are focused on right now. So people aren't focused, oh, I'm canceling you because you said something about this. Cancel culture is stupid. Stop. Stop it. People can change. People can grow. I give people the benefit of the doubt. You said something wrong 10, 15 years ago. Are you the same person? Would you ever make that joke now? What was the reason for the joke? Was it purely for a joke or was it to hurt somebody? This movie's not hurting anybody with their jokes. No. If anything, this movie is accentuating how bad nerd culture really was back then. And honestly, like, nerd culture is one thing that's been under attack for years, still is to this day. You have these people who are, like, radically like, oh, Marvel movies aren't movies and comic book movies are stupid and why would you like that? Superhero movies are dumb. I'm sorry, but... Aren't those same minds, the minds that brought us some of the best books in the world? Like, comic books are just another art form medium. And some of the best stories I've seen have come out of comic books. Holy shit! These people are fucking amazing and creative. But yet, there's a whole culture out there that's like, if you're not, you know, tough and hit women and shoot guns and, you know, treat everybody else like trash, you're nothing. Please. Anyways, I've gotten really far away from this movie. I gotta go back. Where was I? Uh, so we come to the Homecoming Games. The only way to get on the council is if you win the Homecoming Games. And there are several games where they're winning, losing. I think the funnier one, very racist, funnier one was the Asian guy. Because he can hold his liquor and they gave him some sort of pills so the alcohol won't absorb fast enough um, going around and every time he goes past the starting line he has to do another, take another chug of a beer or something and he wins the whole thing because he has a good constitution and it's like okay that's funny a little racist but it's funny uh, one of the other ones is there's a wrestling contest and they put the biggest guy against the biggest girl and the biggest girl almost wins like the biggest guy has to put everything he has into it and then at the end of it starts crying crying because he wasn't manly enough at one point to beat her and i was like oh is your masculinity a little fragile over there you okay buddy it's all he has yeah it's all he is if you strip that away from him he's, he's nothing, nothing. Ooh, at least as nerds we have multitude of hobbies and focuses if you take away my ability to walk i can still beat you in a wheelchair baby so at the end, at like the middle of it, there is a fun charity fundraiser that they have to see who can outbeat each other. The Alpha Betas and the Pies are offering 
kisses. You pay so much for a certain, like a cheek, lips, make out, you know, for kisses. Okay, that's very college The Lambda Lambdas, on the other hand, are selling pies. And the Alpha Betas are like, oh, we're at 1,400. And they're like, bad news. The nerds are at 2,000. How? What are they selling? What's so good about these pies? Never saw this scene in t- on TV. No. All you knew is they made pies. You had we had no idea what it was. It's the first time I've seen it. They were cutting out pie-shaped photos of Betty topless. It was <laughs> hilarious, and I'm like, and then came one of my favorite lines of the movie. I'll save it, so I'll go back. Um, at this point, the Alpha Betas are pissed. They're furious. So right after that is the what 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 would you call that whole thing they had to do like a production or a play or something to have to do with it, it was kind of like a, they a had talent to perform show a sort of musical number okay and there was but you are jumping over a little bit oh, of an important thing so during the the whole kissing booth and pie oh, scene oh i missed that whole thing Sorry. yeah uh i also missed the panty raid Oh, yeah, there was a panty raid. All right, so we have to back up a little bit at one point uh, because I forgot it because it's not in the synopsis. Well, this is the thing. The movie plays out very uh, very much like any other college movie. So a lot of the scenes, like, it's not like a linear progression. There's a lot yeah. of time jumping, a lot of, like, contained sequences yeah. that don't entirely relate. So, so how they get the photo of Betty topless in the bathroom Um is the boys plan a panty raid where they can take a photo of one of the girls topless to use in their plan for the they homecoming al- thing. They also rig up the sorority house with cameras so with they can watch all the girls. 1980s security cameras that make noise when you move them. Yeah, nobody notices that they're there. <laughs> like you can't you can't fucking hear that in a quiet room brushing your hair, you fucking deaf, you dumb bitch. Um, so at this point, they're all that. With all that, they raid the house. They steal panties, but back then, panty raids like you couldn't get in trouble for them. Because yeah. if you establish it's a panty raid and all you want's the panties, anything that happens was game. Right. I like panty raid. Everybody knows what a panty raid. Like a lot of movies have done panty raids. Um, hazing. You can't do this anymore. This is sexual assault now. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm watching it, going, "Oh my god!" As a woman, I would be fucking terrified. I'm so glad I'm a fat woman because nobody's taking my panties. Thank God. Also, I'd be very embarrassed if somebody took my panties because I have have really pretty panties and I spend like 20 bucks on them on a pop. So clothes are expensive, y'all. The other thing we skipped over, I will let you talk about. So during the, the whole thing with the kissing booth and the selling pies, uh, Lewis decides like he he bought a bunch of tickets. He goes up to the kissing booth because he wants a chance to kiss kiss Betty. Betty, mm-hmm. and uh, she flat out denies him. She's like, "Oh, uh, it's time for, a break. time for a break." And they sub in. Uh, I forget. I don't even think she had a name. She's the house mom. Oh, it was the house mom. You remember the little old lady that died in Night of the Creeps? The house mom. Of yeah. The first, yeah. Same same idea. Okay, so they sub in the house mother. Um, so Lewis 
comes up with a little scheme because he's wearing a similar costume to the one that that uh, uh, Jock Boy is. Stan is. But Stan, when Betty goes, I uh, I want to take a break. I'm feeling a little frisky, and he's like, No, babe, I've got work to do. The man's about to make out with a line full of women. Yeah. He's not gonna go bang you. So she kind of storms off. She's all upset. Lewis decides to take his mask and helmet that he was wearing. Uh, Stan was wearing. Yep. And he follows her. And to the they, House of Mirrors. Yeah, they go into... It's like a like a little spook house for the, the, car, the they carnival. They go into the moon room, which is waterbeds. It's, it's basically four a water waterbed. Yeah. He's uh, like, what? And she thinks it's Stan. So... They get going. Oh, they proceed to have sex. And Lewis does his nerd fantasies all over her body. And she doesn't know it's him. <sighs> and at the end of the scene, she's like, Stan, that was better than anything. And it's Lewis that pops up. At this point, do you think she'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, what did you just do? I think she would She falls out. in fucking love with him at this Immediately. point. Immediately. Because <laughs> he says, what the jocks think they can do the nerds have been fantasizing all their lives and it's that one line that i'm like dear lord he's not fucking kidding (laughs) nerd sex is the best sex because nerds whole nerds nerd guys whole thing is they've fantasized of this perfect woman their whole life and their perfect woman is not you know heidi klum or cindy crawford it's someone who could understand and get them and be able to be their partner in life. They're not looking for the hottest chick in the world. They're looking for the woman of their dreams they can please. So when he sees the woman of his dreams, he does everything in his power to keep her the woman of his dreams. And I'm sitting there going, what did this motherfucker do to her? That Stan wasn't. Who knows? Was Stan just like... Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like uh, like two minute, (laughs) two pump chump. Probably. And like Lewis was the like I could do this for hours, bitch. Like, damn. <coughs> Excuse me. But after that, uh, Betty returns to the booth, and no, no, no. This is later. Never mind. This is after the talent after. show thing. So here come all the talent shows, and you have one of the you have one of the fraternities called Row Row Row, and they did Row 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 Your Boat. While the girls were pretending to give them blowjobs, and I was like, "Ah, ha, next, gay, yeah, right." <laughs> so then the alpha betas and the pies do a little number where the boys dress up as the cheerleaders and the girls are the football players, and they're like, "Yeah, stupid song." And at the end, Stan goes, "Come on, Betty, let's go out." And she's like, "Nope, not going out with you." He's like, "Come on, what are you talking about?" She's like. I'm going out with a Lambda guy. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then she hands him back his ring. Now, I did not grow up in that culture. But if you have your, if you have somebody's class ring, that was a huge fucking deal way back when. Like nowadays, does anybody actually, my little sister even said, ew, you had a class ring. That's stupid. Nobody fucking gets it. My class ring was $400 and I lost it. I didn't get one. I lost it in my old house. Like, they were renovating it, and it fell or something into the wood, and it's literally inside of the house somewhere. I didn't didn't get that. I didn't get yearbooks. I got one because my fucking parents made me get it. I was the editor-in-chief of my senior yearbook. Let me tell you. Oh, get do extracurricular activities. Oh, it'll be great on your college uh, CV. Nope. 
fuck that. I had so much on my fucking college um, application and all of that shit. And everything got overlooked. And I was told I was not a good candidate for 19 colleges. Granted, my 2.1 average may have been had something to do with it. Eh. I was very bad in high school. Uh, so at this point, Betty leaves Stan. And you hear fireworks going off and and techno music and comes one of the best musical sequences I remember from the 80s because I don't remember most of this movie the whole way but when they started playing that fucking techno music Sean and I looked at each other like yeah now I remember this movie (laughs) (laughs) and then this whole techno scene plays it's really great it's awesome the Lambdas win the homecoming games they nominate Gilbert to be the president of the Greek Council. Everything's all set for the next coming year, which is, I think, starts in January for them. Um, and, you know, the alpha betas are out, which if you think the homecoming is usually September, October, you still have two more months at this point to be the ruling council. You can still make their lives a living hell. I mean, I don't see how this resolved anything. Yeah. So while they're winning their award and going back to... Uh, their house, the Lambdas, the Alphas show up and destroy their fucking house. Break every window, everything they own, it's just absolutely gutted. Mm. And when they find the house like this, this is kind of a turning point for both Lewis and Gilbert. Gilbert. I literally just said it. I know, I'm stupid. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. (laughs) So in this moment, Lewis kind of realizes... Like, I'm a nerd. That he's a nerd. Yeah. Like, it's kind of that moment of clarity. And Gilbert kind of takes it a different way. He, he, he was kinda, like, I know I'm a nerd, but I've had enough. He's fed up. Yeah. So he storms off to confront them. And he does. And he tries to, and the jocks throw him in the pool, in the fountain, and the jocks go up on stage, and they're getting wooed and everything. So Gilbert gets out of the fountain, goes back up, steals the microphone. You know, the coach is like, I'll beat your ass. And the dean's like, no, you won't. I'm still the dean of this fucking college. Let him speak. Yeah. To which the coach didn't give a shit. Started to go after the dean. And then UN Jefferson shows up with the Council the, of Landis. Yeah, the entirety of the, the Landa, 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 Landa Council. Standing in front of him like, don't you dare. So they have this big heartfelt speech that like... If you ever picked on or called a nerd in high school, college, come stand up here with me. And the entirety of the crowd, I would say, but like 20 people are standing with them. And it comes to everybody's realization. I don't even think the jocks really gave a shit. All the dean said was, you're going to live in the Lambda house and fix it. They're going to live in the Alpha house because we're, oh no. Yeah, they're going to live in the Alpha house while you fix up. The Lambda house, like, where are we going to live, huh? And he's like, I don't fucking care. Like your jocks. Your jocks live, live in the, the gym. gym. Like, you can see the dean is like, I have had enough and these boys have made it so. We are yeah. done. This is, not a, this is not a football college anymore. These people are what's going to change the future, not you jocks. And it's kind of true. To anybody who was a jock in high school, what did being a jock get to you once you graduated? I mean, if, unless you somehow we're lucky enough to, to get a scholarship and like, then continue college football in, like the yeah. nfl baseball like, anything i'm not saying jocks are bad people i know a lot of jocks yeah but being a jock in high school once you graduate to the outside world what's your next step 
Most of them don't think about that. No. Like, oh, if you've really thought about it, and there are a lot of people that were jocks that really thought about it and have good careers. Are they still jocks? Do they still do that part-time? Do they run their kids' football leagues? Do they do an amateur thing? What being a jock and being a tough guy in high school and college got you now? Yeah. You mostly remember the people like, oh, they were really smart. They went on to do amazing things. You know, I don't know a lot of jocks anymore from high school. I've never talked to some of those people. My 20th reunion would be this year, but I don't think we're going to do one because I don't even remember. I remember a 10th reunion and I didn't go because, sorry, 10 years ago I was 500 pounds. Yeah. And I was embarrassed to go anywhere. If there is a reunion this year, uh, maybe I'll go, but only if like three people go and I know they won't. So I don't think I will. Let me tell you. Can you see me and Tom sitting in a corner just like... Sick. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> no, I don't see that at all. Um, so at this point, it ends with that. Um, Lewis is with Betty. Gilbert is with Julia. Everything's happy. Everything's great. There was no sequel bait to this, but yet there are two more movies and a series Yeah. for this. So yeah, that is Revenge of the Nerds. Sweetie, what did you think of this movie? I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I mean, like, I had seen it before, mm. but it was a movie that I didn't remember a lot of. Yeah. And I don't know, I think that honestly probably comes from there's just so many movies like this. Yeah. So now this shit feels like, oh, here are the top you know, college, high school movies you gotta watch before you turn yeah. 30. Like, I think it was fun. I think it's a fun movie. It's not one I'd probably watch all the time, but it's enjoyable. Like you said, it, it doesn't uh, hold up to the PC culture that we live in now, but no. I think it's I think it's a fun movie to watch. Now, uh, sci-fi does things like Sharknado 85, Revenge of the Scorpions, some shit like that. I'm really surprised Cocaine Bear wasn't sponsored by Sci-Fi Channel. I'm sure it'll play on it. Oh god, yeah. But Sci-Fi Channel or Sci-Fi uh, Comedy Central doesn't play this shit anymore. Like, I don't even know what Comedy Central does anymore. Are they still even around? Because comedy is like I don't even a hot button now. <laughs> See, this is the thing. We like I haven't had network television in over 10 years the like, last time I, I had cable oh my god when was the last time i had cable uh, it has to have been over a decade ago now was yeah. the last time i had cable like our friends have youtube tv and i don't see the point of having normal tv anymore like no. oh did you watch this did you watch that i i watch mainly rupaul's drag race youtube and odds and ends movies well, and series that we want to watch. Then all the, the series that we end up wanting to watch are on streaming services. Yeah. So why the fuck have cable? No, I mean, and a lot of our cable shows, like I had Discovery Plus and HBO. I canceled Discovery Plus because HBO is turning into Max by the end of the year. Yeah. And it's going to have all the Discovery Plus stuff. We've got all the big guys that I know of. And I was talking, somebody asked me how much I pay in subscription on Friday when I was out to dinner with some friends. And I was like, honestly, between everything, and this is like subscribed to YouTube and supporting people on Twitch and YouTube, I spend about 85 to $90 a month on subscriptions. But that's including Disney Plus, which is part of our Verizon. That's, you know, Paramount. That's 
HBO. What else do I pay for? That's another one I pay for. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, Netflix. I'm a big girl on my own, my own Netflix account. I was using my mom's for the last like 12 years. And then they were like, we're kicking everybody off. And I went, all right. So I got the best Netflix um, package. And I feel like an adult. <laughs> can't. I'm not borrowing anybody's passwords anymore. You can't borrow my password, though. All right. You want to dive into the questions? Sure. Did you have any favorites? When Stan looks down at the pie and it's his girlfriend, Nikki, he goes, that's my pie. Just like that. Sad, pathetic, lonely sounding. That's my pie. No, no, it ain't. That pie's getting boned by a nerd right now at that very moment. <laughs> that pie moved to someone else's possession. He, he, he. But you. I think my favorite moment was the mail slot guy. <laughs> when, they, when they were looking around for, for places houses. to live. And then I, I think it was Booger who goes up to this house. Yep. And he's trying to, he's asking the guy if he had a room for it. And the guy's like, what? Who are you? No. No room. Get out of here. Fuck you. <laughs> and he's talking to him through the mail slot. Oh, my like, God. So you just see his eyes. That that was just so funny to me. I don't and he's know like, why. fuck you. <laughs> I was like, definitely don't remember that <laughs> from the TV. Do you feel you would have done this any differently? No. We were not born yet in this time. Like, I was still a year till I was born. So to me, this is like a world that I'm unfamiliar with. No, I wouldn't touch it because I don't have enough knowledge of it, of it. And I think Revenge of the Nerds, it's fine where it is. I agree. Is this mainstream exploitation or other? For that period, I believe this was mainstream. I agree. But? But this is about as exploitive as mainstream oh, gets. yes. <laughs> Would you call this a main exploitation? Or mainstream exploitation? No. Maybe a... I think there's a comedy exploitation. Or would this be a cult class exploitation? Like it took all the elements from other movies. Yeah, th uh. this would probably be like a like a comedy exploitation, if anything. Hmm. But but this was mainstream at yeah. that point. This was getting more and more popular. The underdogs saving the day kind of thing it's was a, a storyline. Movie for sure. Huge, huge cult following. Huge nowadays, because these guys still go to uh, conventions around the country and meet people from. Because yeah. you know the people that they grew up with, they're in their fifties, sixties, seventies now. Like it's it's that old, and it's yeah. it's. You don't think about it at all. Like, oh, well, it wasn't that long ago. No, bitch, it was 40 years ago. When we were kids, like in the 90s, 40 years ago was the 50s. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying to be someone born in the 80s to think to myself, oh, like 10 years ago, like 10 years ago was like 2000, 2003, right? No. And I think COVID threw off our, our yeah. time because... To me and you, I still think 2020 was last week. No. But we've had a three years in between of fucking insanity. <laughs> so I have an additional question for you. I'm not ready. Which nerd do you identify with most? Oh, no. Oh. 
There's so many we didn't even back talk then about. Back then or now? Like back now. when now, like physically now, booger. I identify. Agree. Me for me. For well, for me. Yeah, booger. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Don't waste my time. Fuck off. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna smoke. I'm gonna enjoy my music. And if you have something to say, fucking say it. That's what I think Booger's attitude is. And I think that actor, like, really put himself in it, too. And he said it many times. Yeah. Um, Because he embodies Booger. Like, he lives the Booger life, apparently. I love the way he played that character. Uh, I love the whole attitude that he had throughout the entire thing. And the thing like, that made me laugh was when I, was, I looked at you and I was like, wasn't he on Supernatural? Yeah. You were like, he was Metatron. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's the whole, like... Uh, there was... Talk about nerd. And he even put boogery aspects into that character. Yeah. Like, there was there was a moment while we were watching it. The, I think it's like the jock did something and it cuts back to them and they're like sitting around like talking about it. And he's just like, we should go burn down all their houses. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's... She's like, oh my God. Everybody else is just like, oh, what can we do? And he's just like, no, fuck them. Fuck em. Em. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, awesome. back when I was in high school or in that time, I want to say I was more uh, Lewis. I didn't I knew I was different, but I didn't know I was a loser. I'm very self-aware after graduating high school. I was an outcast and a loser trying really hard to be one of the not popular, but at least like somebody that everybody could like bond with and be nice to and like oh yeah she's cool i wanted to be that person i am fully aware i am a, i was a loser back then which nerd do you think you were back in high school i, I feel like you, you wanted to be booger but you weren't quite there yet no i in high school i think i still was you were I a different type very of anti-social <laughs> you were like fuck everybody like I fucking hated everybody and nobody liked me. Like you had friends. I had friends, but we were all the same. Yeah. Like I think I've always kind of been booger. And I went from Lewis to booger. You made me the booger I am. You're welcome. All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about regarding Revenge of the Nerds? No, I think we should burn their house down. Copy that. <laughs> That's going to bring this discussion to an end, but don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions. September evening. Dr. Malakis? Jill Johnson was babysitting for the two young children of a wealthy doctor. Okay. Bye. They told her where they would be and when they would be home. They told her everything she had to know, except what to do when a stranger calls. Hello? And you check the children. What? Hello, could you get me the police? Well, there's nothing you can do about it down here. Let uh, me check the children. He's watching me through the windows. Well, if he calls again, we can try to trace it. Why haven't you checked the children? Please, can't you help me? I'm all alone here. What do you want? 
So next up, we are going with a classic. Yeah. Possibly one of the most popular horror films ever, really. And one that was on that shutter list for one of the best openings. Yes. That terrified people to no end. That's funny because the opening of this one is one that that's the part that people talk about. Yeah, nobody talks about the rest of it. I'm no. eager to see the rest because I know the fr- the beginning of it so well. Like the be- the opening of that movie is is so is the thing that so many people talk about to the point that when they remade the movie, the entire remake is the opening. They kind of disregard most of the rest of the movie. Damn. So they kind of just took that opening sequence and they were like, "All right, let's 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 prolong this into the Drag- whole film." Ooh. And it's fine for what it is. I don't hate the remake of this one; it's not bad. But when a Stranger Calls is—it's one of those movies. It inspired Scream. It inspired so many. Yeah. Uh, this and Black Christmas it came out around the same time. Um, yeah, and the original '70s Black Christmas is awesome. Oh, yeah. Don't watch the remake. Which remake? The newest one. I will say... The other one I'll give credit to. That one was okay. The first remake is fine. The first remake was campy. It's campy, but it's fun. The second remake that I think was 2019? I think it was 2019. And don't get me wrong. I'm all for feminism. I am all for supporting other women. This movie was garbage. And I'm a woman saying that. We're not talking about Black no. Christmas. Uh, maybe that might be a um, something we talk about later on a future date. Yeah. In a sponsored episode. We're gonna have to get to. We have to get to that. See those episodes? I'm not afraid to go in depth and talk about what pissed me off about that movie without being afraid of people getting mad at me. Because oh, I can talk about that movie. But I'm very excited to. When a revisit when a stranger calls. Yeah. I don't think you've ever seen. I've, ne- it. I've only seen bits and pieces of that beginning because it's so popular. But it's it's a great movie. I can't <laughs> wait to watch it again. But that's gonna bring this episode to an end. If you want to keep up on uh, if you want to keep up on everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Casts. You can find us on Discord where you can mostly chat with Leah about this film or any of the films that we previously covered or you can be bold and suggest us some movies that you'd like to see us cover on the show yes thank all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes listen to us every monday morning and give us a rating on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you get your morning fix if you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support you can subscribe to us over on patreon or directly through acast where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun exclusive bonus content content that we are slowly working on and eventually we'll be putting more of up that's just for our supporters until next week i'm sean and i'm leah thanks for listening stay nerdy 
and keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.